I'm Ruma Tenbrink, and welcome to the Children's Bedtime Stories podcast for adults. I am so excited to be reading to you my first book this evening. I really hope you enjoy this, and I hope it helps you fall asleep in a beautiful slumber and take you to a faraway land. Thank you so, so much for listening. World-renowned musician, environmentalist, and humanitarian Dave Matthews, in collaboration with popular children's book author Cleet Barrett-Smith, has conjured an exciting and poignant fantasy about a girl who must confront her past mistakes before she can save her peaceful forest community from a gigantic threat. I am honored to read to you, If We Were Giants, Little Voices Can Have a Huge Impact. Let joy begin as we read Part 2, The Tree Folk. Chapter 18 Get to your stations, Luan cried. The rest of the gang scurried about, scrambling up trees and placing themselves at various positions around the huge puppet. Luan grabbed Kira's hand and pulled her into the forest. They climbed a tree above and behind the giant's head so Kira could peek through the leaves and have a good view of what was happening below. When he found the perfect vantage point, Luan took Kira by the shoulders and slowly lowered her to a seat on a wide branch. He bent over and peered into her eyes. Look, I know this is scary for you. I don't pretend to understand or know why, because you have never told me anything about you, you know, before you came here. But I trust you. I believe you have a good reason to be afraid of these hunters, okay? Kira nodded, grateful he wasn't pressing her for more information. So please trust me, we've been practicing all week, while you've been... resting. So even though I know these men spook you, will you be able to stay while they approach? Watch what happens? She looked past him, saw that the takers were already halfway across the river, the whole crew pulling hand over hand to ferry the raft across the sluggish but steady current. Digging her fingernails into the branch she was sitting on, she took a deep breath. <sighs> I will. He leaned in and gave her a big hug. I'm proud of you. Proud of her for what? Not fainting? She clenched her teeth in frustration at her helplessness, but managed to say, Good luck, Luan, and please be safe. I'll be worried about you. He waggled his eyebrows at her. Those hunters are the ones who have to worry. Luan turned and hopped down a few branches until he was directly behind the mouth of the giant puppet. He looked around at everyone else, already at their stations, exchanging nods and silent signals of encouragement. They were ready. 
Within a few minutes, the half dozen takers sauntered along the path and into the little clearing before the tree. Dressed in that clothing, designed to protect them from anything, beast or man, or natural disaster they might ever encounter. It took an act of fierce willpower for Kira to remain in her seat, silently watching. The urge to run away was overwhelming. Luan took a horn hanging from his belt and held it up to his lips. At the same time, his foot found a lever connected to the lower jaw of the puppet. As he pumped his leg on the lever, the puppet's enormous mouth clattered open and closed. Roar! Magnified and distorted by the horn. Luan's voice was gruff and powerful, the roar of a demon. The taker's reaction would have been comical if Kira hadn't been so terrified. All of their heads snapped up as one, and they stumbled backward, reaching out and holding on to one another for support so they didn't topple over. That worked for almost all of them. One taker was sent tumbling to land, awkwardly on his ample backside. As he scrambled to his feet, that taker and all the others withdrew those long weapons from the coverings that were belted to their waists, flicking them open to expose the slender silver blades. Who? Who goes there? One of the takers called out. Kira noticed these interlopers had gotten better at learning the language of this land over the last four years. But that didn't help the delivery. Perhaps it was wishful thinking on Kira's part, but for someone who was supposed to be the leader of this group, his voice certainly sounded shaky. I protect the forest, Luan boomed. He turned and gave a signal to Mozan, who pulled on a series of ropes. This caused the puppet to lift one gigantic arm, slowly curl his branch fingers into a fist, and shake it back and forth at the takers. The hunters glanced at one another uneasily, dismay, and perhaps the beginning of fear showing on their long, gray faces. A few of them motioned to the one who had spoken up. They pushed him forward. He took a few halting steps into the clearing, raising his right arm and pointed his sharp weapon up at the puppet. In her memories of that terrible night in the encampment, that weapon had been impossibly long and cruel, but today it looked puny and pathetic in comparison to the great forest giant. Luan signaled to Kari and Tiha below. They leaped up to grab overhead ropes, let their weight drop them to the ground, and then released the ropes. They jumped up again and again, allowing the ropes to lower them back to the forest floor before letting go. This caused the puppet's enormous log legs, wrapped in cloth, to rise and fall heavily, pounding the dirt with a great thud each time. Kira could feel the tremors as the sound shook the tree she was sitting in. She also noticed that the takers all took a few steps backward. Leave this place, Luan boomed. He worked his foot double time on the lever, 
making that huge mouth clack open and closed angrily. Down on the ground, the leader motioned to one of the other hunters, who reached up and grabbed something slung over his shoulder. It looked like a bow, but it was held horizontally instead of vertically. The man fitted it with an arrow and then worked some sort of a handle in a circular motion. The man then leveled the weapon on his shoulder, took aim, and the arrow came whizzing straight at them. In reflex, Kira put her hands over her head and ducked, but the arrow merely stuck into the wood of the huge puppet's face. Luan signaled to Tiha and Kari below, who scrambled up the tree trunk. Mohan furiously worked at his ropes, and the giant's arm bent backward until it disappeared through the screen of leaves. Kari and Tiha grabbed a big rock, roughly the size of a half-grown pig, that had been stashed in the crook of a tree branch. They each put both arms under and strained to lift it. While they were doing that, Mozan worked a lever that brought the arm back farther and farther, and Makina came over to cinch it tight with a length of rope. When Kari and Tiha set the rock into the puppet's branch fingers, Kira finally figured out what they were doing. The giant's wooden arm had been designed to throw. Like a weapon, she had heard about in stories from long ago, a catapult. Mozan removed a slender cunning stone from his belt and whacked at the rope, severing it in one blow. The arm exploded forward, ripping through the leaves and launching the big rock into the air. It happened so fast, the takers didn't have time to scatter. The rock sailed across the clearing and smashed down on the foot of the hunter who had shot the arrow. Ah! His howl of pain tore through the forest. The man desperately tried to move, to run away, but his foot was pinned to the earth. He turned his head and spat an unintelligible stream of words at the five men cowering in fear behind him. Kira was willing to bet that some of those were curses. Keeping their wide eyes trained on the giant lest he attack again, the takers dashed forward as a group. Three of them extended their weapons toward the menace in front of them, while two others lifted the stone off their fellow hunter. His anguished screams of pain only increased as two men put his arms around their shoulders to carry him out. Luan had his friends draw the giant's arm back again. This time they filled the wooden grip with smaller rocks and sticker balls from the thorny bushes. Never return! The catapult arm whooshed forward, and the retreating takers were pelted with a shower of hard, sharp missiles. They cried out in pain and increased their pace, hustling to get back to their ferry. The kids in the tree waited breathlessly, watching from behind the leaves as the hunters made it to the raft spilling weapons and the injured man clumsily onto the wooden surface. Luan's crew stifled giggles as the man cried out in pain and anger at his hunting mates. It wasn't until the raft had made it to the other side, 
well out of earshot that Luan and his friends allowed themselves to cheer and hug and clap one another on the back. You see? Luan looked up at Kira beaming. I don't think we have to worry about seeing those takers around here ever again. <laughs> 